Hi folks, welcome to the happysaver.com podcast. Your friends might not want to talk about their journey with money, but I do. I'm Ruth and I'm a blogger on personal finance and in this podcast series I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. This week I'm excited to tell you about Ryan Johnson, a fellow blogger on personal finance here in New Zealand. He had a very interesting start to his working career as it involved a pack of 52 playing cards. He is self-taught when it comes to investing and is putting careful thought into exactly where to invest his savings and he openly shares that with me today. With student loans now paid off, he has bucked the home ownership trend for now and has chosen to rent rather than buy a home and month by month he is building a strong financial footing and he has learned a ton about investing along the way. Would you like some free money? Sharesies is offering a sign-up bonus of $10 for all Kiwis wanting to start investing. Sharesies is one of the platforms I use to invest in my personal favourite, index funds, and they are a company that has rapidly become a New Zealand success story as they have enabled thousands of people to get involved in share investing, often for the very first time. If you would like to sign up with Sharesies and get $10 into your Sharesies wallet, go to thehappysaver.com forward slash Sharesies and start your investing journey today. I first heard about Ryan Johnson, who's aged 28, when I came across his blog which is called Money for Young Kiwis. And you can find that at www.ryanjohnson.co.nz. And since that time, we have flicked emails back and forth and I've enjoyed the thoughtful content that he writes. Now, the personal finance community in New Zealand is pretty small, but it's growing and it's really supportive of all who want to come on board and get better with money. So this time, instead of emailing, um, we actually picked up the phone for a chat about his money journey so I could learn a lot more about who he is, what he does and where he is headed. By day, he is a business intelligence analyst for the New Zealand Racing Board and that's based in Wellington. And unlike me, he is a big sports fan. And by night, he blogs about personal finance. He said of himself, I've always been a numbers guy. (laughs) And wait for it, you'll like this next bit. He quit his part-time job at a department store and he started playing poker online full-time at around the age of 17. He found he had a bit of a talent for it and started to make some pretty decent income over the next three to four years. Now. I had to ask a pretty obvious question right here. What on earth did his parents say? When he quit his job to play poker, his dad told him that he had rocks in his head. Um, But Ryan's love of a good spreadsheet had begun by then and he showed his dad his graphs, which I presume uh, detailed his wins and his losses. And he managed to make a really strong case that showed that playing poker online at age 17 full time was similar to investing and was actually quite systematic. And with each hand, he was actually making an investment. Now, I think I might want Ryan on my team in any upcoming debate, thank you very much, because if you can win your parents over with that one, you are doing pretty well. By age 21, he was earning really decent money, he was spending decent money, and he had started to make some investments outside of poker. 
He bought a managed fund and some shares in Apple, which he has actually just sold at the beginning of 2017. And he also bought some gold, which he said he has since learned is a bad investment. So shh, don't tell him that I have some. So that was how he made his start in investing, which is a pretty great story, right? And it's clever how his current day job with the racing board still has gambling involved. Just this time, it's on sports, not on a hand of cards. His shares and funds were beginning to build up when he began to notice in the mid to late 2000s that the share market was going up and then heading on down and it made him feel pretty anxious as he didn't understand what was happening to his investments. And it was that volatility in the market that motivated his drive to learn more about personal finance so he could be in a better position to look after his own money. And as appears to happen with people who have a light bulb moment about getting better with their money, Ryan read all the money books, read the personal finance blogs and listened to all the podcasts he could find. And eventually he came to the conclusion that the best idea is to invest in a low cost index that tracked the market, to buy regularly and to hold it and not sell it. Historically, they have always had highs and lows, but have always gone up in the long run. And if he was to buy consistently, then he had every chance of succeeding. In February 2016, he was looking for something to do with his spare time, so he thought writing a blog might be the way to go. He likes challenging himself, he tells me, and achieving things, and he figures that when you are young, it is the time to leverage your surplus energy, work hard, and just really go for it. And he thought he could use the knowledge he had gathered and put into practice with his own money and he could write about money in such a way that young people in New Zealand can understand and better themselves. And he began to write with the help of his partner and he got his blog up and running. So now on with a couple of questions. I asked him if he were given $10,000 cash right now, what would he do with it? Now, Ryan would add it to his Simplicity Growth Fund, which is what he does with all the excess money that he saves. Now, this fund, it's a non-KiwiSaver fund and is pretty well diversified. No treat, I asked him. Nope, he says. He has all the stuff he wants, which is pretty cool when you're only 28. Now, when it comes to learning, I asked him what was one piece of advice, whether it was good or bad, that his parents taught him about money. And what does he wish that they had taught him that he's since worked out for himself? He told me that one thing his dad has always said is that it's good to invest in what you know. Now, Ryan invested in Apple because he used it and he thought he knew it. And he has since learned it is just far too hard to learn all you need to know about an individual company, hence the index fund investing, which is designed to track the average of a whole group of companies. That he can understand. His parents didn't say you have to buy a house, something that happens to a lot of young people in New Zealand, and nor did they push him to set up routes anywhere, which was good because he wanted to travel and he didn't want the anchor that a house would give. His parents were always relatively frugal and didn't see the need for expensive things and taught him the idea that experiences are far better than any possession you could own. Now, I'm taking some parenting tips right now because he's got some pretty switched on parents, if you ask me. Next, I asked how much does he actually engage in his financial education today? He's got no formal education in finance. He has toyed with the idea of becoming an authorised financial advisor, 
but it's not in his immediate plans. Instead, he still reads lots of blogs and listens to a lot of audiobooks. He attends conferences if the opportunity comes up, and he follows other sources he trusts and is always trying to learn about topics such as tax, which we both agreed was pretty hard yakka. And when it comes to books, podcasts or blogs, he likes just general common sense stuff that anyone can follow. He recently listened to the Barefoot Investor audiobook and he quite liked that one. Now he found the Barefoot Investor more applicable than many other things because of course it's Australian based, whereas a lot of the personal finance sources are US based. Yep, I'm hearing him on that one. Now he also mentioned another website by Ramit Sethi and it's IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Now I'm going to look into him further because Ryan tells me he had a good book that came out seven to eight years ago which is another really good easy to follow financial blueprint and the premise is that um, budgeting is a waste of time as most don't have the willpower and instead Ramit discusses the idea of conscious spending knowing what moves the needle in your life and allocating your money towards that. So what level of education did Ryan get up to? He's certainly no slouch and he has a degree in economics and commercial law. He always thought he would be an accountant actually, but when he got to uni he changed his mind when he realised that accounting actually didn't sound like much fun. And plus he was really into poker by that stage, so it was pretty hard to stay interested in his study anyway, he told me. Now working um, a full-time job and blogging on the side must keep him pretty busy, so I asked him that with everything he has going on in his life, what does fulfil him the most? With all the people I speak with, I'm actually finding that it's probably not money related. And sure thing, it makes him really happy when he gets awesome emails supporting his blog, when he really delivers information that is of use to others. And a good day for him is walking with his girlfriend on the beach with their dog, watching sports, playing basketball and just being with friends and family. And he is lucky that he has got lots of family close by in Wellington. And he's pretty clear that he tries to limit work time so he can live a good life. Ryan and his partner have a really good money relationship and are on the same page when it comes to their finances, which is absolutely crucial in my view. They mostly share finances, except for having their own account each. And they're on the same page with both spending and saving. And like him, she does not appear to have expensive tastes either. They have discussed just quite recently starting having a date night where they actually sit down and talk specifically about finances. And that's if only to just actually reinforce what they are already doing with their money and to just check in with each other. And this is a strategy um, that the Barefoot Investor recommends. When it comes to talking about money, uh, whereas most in polite society consider it rude, he's lucky and from my experience actually quite unusual in that he has friends he can talk finance with. They discuss what they do with their money and they openly talk about investing. And in his house, as he was growing up, he was fortunate that his parents never actually had the attitude of don't talk about money. His opinion is that New Zealand culture is of never wanting to paint yourself as doing too well or seeming better than anyone else and this stops people talking about what they earn and they in turn don't know what to do with the money they earn because they won't talk to their friends about different options. And he figures that when blogging or talking to mates it doesn't have to come from a place of us and them, it's just about sharing what he has done with his finances and this is how you could apply it to your own life. 
learning about how to be good with money is one of those things that you have to be ready to learn about yourself before you can share it and then only with those who approach you. It tends not to work if you push it on others who are not interested. And he feels really lucky to have helped family and friends over the years talk through their money questions with him. So what are Ryan's three main financial habits, things that he just automatically does? Number one is he puts virtually all spending on their credit card, which is then paid in full each month and every month. And he finds it works really well for him and he actually never misses a payment and incurs interest. Number two, at the end of every month, he invests all leftover money into an investment. He is pretty stringent with making sure that this happens. And once everything important is taken care of, the rest like I say, goes into long-term investments. And number three, he's always looking to cut down on those fixed costs like your power, your internet, your mobile phone or bank fees. Any fixed costs basically are always up for review and he's always shaving money off wherever he can. Now, given the fact he uses a credit card, does he actually chase those reward points? He does not switch credit cards to chase rewards and let's face it, we don't have too many options here in New Zealand, but he gets 1% of what he spends back in cash and he has enough every few months to fill up his petrol tank for free. That combined with the benefit of interest-free time that a credit card gives you and paying it in one lump sum works really well for him. So what is Ryan's money elevator pitch, a sentence that would sum up his approach to money? It is to spend only what he needs to spend and invest the rest. And he also explained that he tries to get the most utility as possible out of every single dollar that he earns. So that's just a nice, simple philosophy, and I really like that one. So what is his biggest financial triumph? Well, he recently finished paying off his student loan, which he was very happy about, as he should be. It took him seven long years of paying the minimum amount, which came directly from his salary. And because in New Zealand, student loans are interest-free, which I know our listeners from the States will be amazed to hear, his philosophy was there was no point paying it off quicker because he would not actually be incurring any interest during the period he was paying it off. So therefore, he just slowly drip-fed the payments until it was all gone. We are fortunate to have zero interest student loans here in New Zealand, but just remember that if you do decide to head off overseas for a year or two, you will start to incur interest. So just make sure you do your research before you get on that plane. Now, getting rid of his student loan was a win for sure. So what was a mistake he thinks he has made along the way? He thinks it was probably something like putting money into gold and silver when he did and he regrets that he did not do more research up front, but he was in his early 20s, uh, so he does forgive himself a bit. I think he can forgive himself a lot, actually. I asked Ryan if he could retain all of the knowledge he has today regarding money and could go back to his 15-year-old self and start again. What would he do, whether it be the same or something different? Hmm, interesting was his response. Uh, this question really got him thinking. Now that he knows so much about how index funds work, for example, he would start investing much earlier. He has a 16-year-old brother who he is actively encouraging to do this, and this comes back to having those money conversations with your friends and whanau. 
And he would start investing as early as he possibly could, as much as he possibly could, and as young as he possibly could, and let compound interest work its magic. Now, he's heard the theory and liked it that says if you start investing very early, even if you stop at 25, you will still end up ahead. A good saying to keep in mind is time in the market and not timing the market. And I really hope and I suspect he is, that his younger brother is listening to his big brother on this one. So what money-related things keep him up at night because he just can't stop thinking about them? Nothing. (laughs) How good is that? He said he tends to sleep pretty well. He's more likely to worry about the future of the world, climate change and war. Crikey. Now, at age 28, he is financially sound and he knows that whatever hits him, he has the sense of control that he can manage it. Whatever comes his way, he can deal with it. And to find that kind of financial peace of mind at his age is a real credit to him. So what about Ryan's debt situation? Does he have any debt that he wants to talk to me about? Since paying off his student loan, he is completely debt-free and the focus is now on consistently investing money and growing his net worth that is currently sitting at about 150 k Now that's a pretty healthy position to be in after a relatively short number of years of consistent saving. So without any debt to worry about and now with a determined and regular savings approach, what does he actually invest in? Now for him, it's index funds all the way and he keeps his investing very simple. He has just two smart shares index funds, the US 500, which is of course made up of the top 500 American companies, and the NZX Top 50, which is the top 50 New Zealand companies. He also has a Simplicity Growth Fund, as he mentioned earlier, and that invests in New Zealand, Australia, and also in international markets. Now, Simplicity came about more recently, and it aims to keep its fees to the absolute minimum, which is going to be leaving more money in his investments for him. And he also has a KiwiSaver Fund, also with Simplicity, and he contributes the minimum amount so that he can get his member tax credit of $521 per year. Good man. Now there are a load of ETFs which are called exchange traded funds to choose from now and he thinks that it actually just confuses people and I would have to agree with him. It is easy to get paralysed by the huge amount of choice available in funds and he reckons it's best to just stick to the bread and butter which is what he does by picking the two funds that I just mentioned. He has the majority of his money in long-term investments but has enough in a high-interest savings account that he could withdraw it if ever he needed it in an emergency. He's got between 5000 and 10000 earmarked as emergency money but he is also constantly aware of the opportunity costs of that money sitting there close at hand and easy to access if needed. If he invested it elsewhere, it could be making him more of a return, he knows this, but that is the choice he has made. And if ever a crisis strikes, I'm sure he will be pleased that he has left a bit of money close at hand. So what is Ryan's splurge, the things he knows is a waste of money, but he does it anyway? He tells me he buys the odd PlayStation game and his partner loves buying books. If he finds a good online course, he's going to sign up and do it. He did one to teach him about blogging, for example, and he's happy that he spent the money to learn. And he reckons he actually got splurging out of his system when he was a poker player and he used the expression, a bucket with holes in it, it will never fill up, meaning 
that he could buy anything he liked, but he realises now that he does not need to spend a lot of money to get enjoyment and value out of life. And he considers himself a bit of a simple guy who does not have expensive tastes. Everything he wants he has and to work that out nice and early is pretty good going. Does he have a financial advisor that helps him with uh, where to put his investments? He does not, but he would actually like to learn more about what they do and how useful they could be. He's wary because his parents who are in their 50s They went to one and were told ridiculous things like they needed $5 million to retire and his worry is that a financial advisor will move him towards products that give themselves a cut and will therefore give biased advice. And he's sure they provide some form of necessary service but the jury is still out. He would actually just like to research that a lot more before taking it any further. I asked him what his thoughts on property are, um, given the fact we live in New Zealand and everybody seems to love it, at which his partner shouted out from the background that he really should build her a house. They currently rent in Wellington and they do think it would be good to have a house one day, but it would not be good to consistently trade up is the want of a lot of Kiwis. His thoughts are that renting, saving and investing are a really viable alternative to owning a home. People look at how much their house has appreciated in value, but they actually also conveniently forget about the do-up costs, the rates they pay, all the interest payments they make on their mortgage, insurance and all the other costs associated with owning a home. And once you take all of that into account, the returns are actually not so good in his opinion. Now he keeps his rental costs low and he saves and invests the difference that he would otherwise be spending on mortgage interest and other house related fees and costs and owning a home is for him not the mark of having made it financially. Ryan and his partner are more financially fit than most homeowners out there. Current New Zealand law certainly rewards ownership of property and he wishes that the New Zealand government would actually make it better for renters so that there are better laws to protect tenants such as himself. Now he does intend to own a house one day but he will never have a 30 year mortgage. He will buy what they can afford and pay it off as fast as they possibly can. Now Ryan sounds to me like he is actively managing his time so he can live a really good life. He's trying to cut back on the things uh, he takes on so he can focus entirely on what he wants to do in life, which is great. You want to move through life in a mindful way, in my opinion. And now his blog is a side hustle that he's working on, and he is on a continual journey of learning and figuring the process of blogging out, which he finds quite rewarding. The fact he can work on it with his partner is also a huge plus. There's no money in his blog yet, but he fully intends to make that happen in the future. And as I well know, these things do take a little bit of time to grow. I really, really enjoyed talking with Ryan. And halfway through our chat, his dog kicked off, making a huge fuss in the background because his partner had arrived home from work. I love dogs for that. And she was able to chip in some thoughts to the conversation too. They are both on the same page, Ryan and his girlfriend that is, not the dog, and uh, together they do sound like they make a great team. My journey to financial independence has made it loud and clear to me that if you are in a relationship, you have to work as a team if you are going to achieve positive results. And um, financial security really gives him the ability to sleep well at night. 
there are a lot of people in New Zealand for whom this is not the case. And for Ryan, just having a simple financial plan really enables him to relax and know that he's got things covered. And the bulk of his plan, it is as simple as index funds and KiwiSaver with just a steady and frequent investment into them over a very long period of time. It's as simple as that. Now, the emergency fund is an interesting one. You know, how much cash do you need close at hand to access in an emergency? I know myself that after the Christchurch earthquakes, I very quickly stopped new money going out of our account and into our investments so that I could keep as much cash handy as possible. And it really showed me the value of having some sitting close by. And like Ryan, although I know it could earn more money and interest elsewhere, I also know that if disaster strikes, you have it right where you need it. My final thought is that throughout chatting to people for this podcast, the fact that most have no formal financial education continually comes up. Ryan has noticed that some people have a negative mindset. They tell themselves that they are no good with money and that they can't invest, so they don't. And he thinks, and I agree, that this thinking really holds people back and it's quite tough to get past. He tries to convey in his blog that anyone can be successful with money and it's attainable for everyone. All it takes is beginning to take an interest and then going down the rabbit hole of just finding out as much information as you possibly can. And then before you know it, you actually do know enough about finance to start making better decisions for you and your family. Now, each of us have the tools within us and available online to learn. So just don't be dissuaded, disheartened or put off by anyone telling you that you don't have what it takes. Ryan and all the other people I'm talking to in this series of podcasts should be enough to show you that anyone can be good with money, no matter your level of education or income. Just use Ryan's situation as a good example to learn from. Start learning about money now, start investing as early as possible, and just keep your strategy consistent and simple. Remember his point about it is time in the market, not timing the market. Oh, and take as many long walks on the beach with your family and your dog as you possibly can because that certainly helps too. So what a nice bloke Ryan is and I'm just so grateful that he took the time to talk to me so I could share his money journey with you. His systematic approach to investing is literally paying him dividends so he can live a good life. Before actually recording this, I had a quick catch up with Ryan and I just had to slip in some updated news for you all. Ryan and his partner got engaged. How lovely is that? And if I could offer them one piece of advice, don't spend a fortune on your wedding. When Johnny and I got married, uh, we spent a grand total of 100 US dollars. We happened to be over there having a nice holiday and thought we would get married as well. And I'm sure that this frugal, financially savvy duo will start their married life on a very secure financial footing. So congratulations to you both. So that's all from me today. Uh, You can head on over to thehappysaver.com to see the show notes from today and a ton of other information written by me on personal finance and investing in New Zealand. And don't forget to tell your friends where to find me. Until the next episode, happy saving. 